it's going to be very heavy on the uh, Western Conference 8-9 seed that, that is uh, very much so in play over the remaining couple days of the regular season here. But to break all that down and everything else that's been going on in the bubble, PJ, my co-host, what's going on, dude? Welcome to my bubble. Welcome to my bubble. So I meant to bring this up to you before, but um, I'm not... Let me rephrase. I have not watched a ton of Jesus and Mero, but I realized that I think that you remind me of Mero like so much. Like I feel like you. It is crazy to me watching their show on Showtime over the last few days. Like how much. I, I didn't know you got into. Uh, I didn't know you got into Jesus and Mero. Um, I'm starting. To, I'm starting to go. <clears throat> I, you've I'm, you've I'm joined the bodega. Interested. Yep, it's great. I've some. I didn't have Showtime for a couple months, and I just got it when Billions came back. Um, and I've been like, but I'm kind of a psychotic media consumer, and like I'll go back through and rewatch. Like I don't really care. Like I just like kind of find it entertaining. So to rewatch the Jesus Amaro. <clears throat> like I'll just I'll like wherever I left off. So I like it left off like <laughs> so it was kind of funny when I first said whatever was like end of February. So it's been very funny of of watching those in a like starting in June with the knowing everything that's coming. It is kind of funny just to see like the progression of like stuff they say and it's like ha that's going to be true and then like it comes up or what like um. So I. Uh, it, but yeah, it's their showtime. I will say their uh, their show on Vice was like perfect. Like I was a madman consuming that. Um, See, the only time that I was really watching it is whenever I come visit you, and you yeah. had it on like fifty percent of the time. The format of it is is like very. I, I think it's just like it's nice that they're on Showtime because they can do a bunch of stuff, but. I mean, their essence of just, like, yeah, throwing up clips and, <laughs> like, commenting on them is, like, all I really want. And, like, kind of all <laughs> that commentary is, like, perfect. Um, but they do they do pull, like, a ton of good guests. And there's, um, I think the virtual product was, like, definitely rough on, like, their formatting, though. But the where I was at of it, they've, like, definitely figured it out. So I'm probably not where, even where you're at um, if you're just... Oh, no watching no, currently I, but i've just been watching the most recent episodes he's been i would out, but i mean if you're looking at show formatting though you're definitely yeah i get to be the clown of a lot of this <laughs> and you well, get be more of the straight man with most of it so it's i get to be the straight man i mean every duo you look at there's like the guy that has to like keep things on pace and moving on so that's like definitely what desis is and um I'm trying to think of other duos out there. Um, most most of your radio shows has the one and two, and like definitely being in the position of like I can just throw out comments and like I don't have to care about the, what the agenda is or anything like that. Or we can burn the first four minutes of this podcast talking about this, and <laughs> it's Ultra's job to keep us moving. Like that's the best role. It's definitely different if you're like kind of quote unquote hosting or like moving the conversation along so knowing that from trying to do it for the tiger king and uh <laughs> last dance pods like this seat's better <laughs> you're you're a fan of playing the mirror role well yeah or like i mean grant i help with the agenda of it but like as far as what topic and bucket ultra you figure it out <laughs> or if you want to go on a weird tangent yeah about that it. happens let's do it baby yeah well Let's, you know, I'm glad you're enjoying role, your Desus and Mero journey. That, yeah, oh, it's great. And I, I look forward to spending more time in that uh, arena. But What do you think about Desus's, uh shoe wall? Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Very entertaining. I mean, I just find myself yeah. looking in the back and, like, 
uh, seeing seeing what he's got back there and his he's got his, good some good ones. His um, collection of orange sneakers really baffled me the other day. I was like, yeah. why would someone? Because the, the other thing is when you have a uniform color like that, it's really difficult to even tell what sneaker it even is. It's just like that's an orange sneaker. Like I don't even know what that is. <laughs> and um, so I'm like, who needs that many? But they, I also noticed they both had the. Um, they both had the new like Ben and Jerry's sneak collab uh, that Nike did, which was surprising because yeah. I had a my well, take on that was that they were incredibly fun and like as a huge Ben and Jerry's fan, I think that's really cool that they did that. But I thought it was like, an insanely ugly sneaker and did not even consider buying. And then I look at StockX yesterday and they were like twelve hundred dollars. Well, Ultra, that's at this point the only motivation I'd have to even try to position myself as an influencer because at that point. Um, you know, this podcast can really have to step up to make that happen. But um, is that Nike will just give you shoes? <clears throat> That's what you really want, or like you get the a hookup inside of Nike to be able to get those shoes, so you can post them, and then Nike gets that clout that way. That's that's how you acquire a lot of those as well. But yeah, anyway, his the sneaker. Uh collection he's got going on and the sneaker wall it's 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 what what we strive for pjs yeah yes sir yes sir Um, anyway uh the bubble the bubble it has been going really well yeah thoroughly been enjoying consuming basketball there have not been problems uh knock on wood some Uh, of the games yeah it some of the games have been met, just like you'll get during the regular season. But I'll say that last Saturday's stretch was just so enjoyable. <laughs> like I, like, and there have been day, like you have days where it's like every game is decided by twenty points. Last Saturday, I don't have to get all the games up in front of me, but that was yeah. the Portland LA game. It seemed like every game that was going on that day was decided by a couple of buckets. That was uh, that was the Jazz Nuggets game that ended up going to double OT. Um, yeah. I, overall, the quality of play has been really fun. We have some really fun storylines that we're going to be talking about here shortly. Um, but I, I think we got to start, like I said at the top, Western Conference. We've we high expectations with what the Pelicans would do, what the Grizzlies would do. And lo and behold, we've got the Suns and um, we've – We've got the Suns and the Spurs and the Blazers, who were kind of expected to be making a run. They're all going for that spot. Um, yeah. But, uh, I, 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 a team that has kind of had a, a playoff spot locked uh, and is playing right now. We're recording Tuesday night here. Um, Luca has been unbelievable. Um, so I, I kind of want to start with him. Like, I. I know that the comp has always been with uh, when it comes to Luca. Harden is kind of the low hanging fruit. He he seems like I won't say better than James Harden, but like he's been outrageous since he he's come back. And I the whole the the whole time it it was really baffling to me in the draft when uh, you know Dallas made the trade with with Atlanta when DeAndre Ayton ended up going number one. Um, but it seems like now more than ever, like, Luca, like, it all of a sudden became a conversation last week that was like, would you rather have Giannis or Luka Doncic going forward? Which I don't want to have that conversation today, but, like, that's what Luca. that's the impression that he's made over the last week and a half. Well, I, I mean, I would say if you're just, you know, to, to peel it back from what, to like what Saturday night was, I mean, kind of first what I want is like what you were saying about um, uh, kind of like the, the amount of game. I, I wish there was some way we could take a takeaway from the bubble and it's not just like a, but either it be once a month or some way the NBA, a lesson they learned of this is just like, to structure games on Saturdays or, you know, pick a day of the week. I would say, you know, 
Sunday, Saturday or Sunday, where it's like, yeah, from do the same thing like NFL in a way, but like I would like to have basketball games from like one p.m. to you know nine o'clock at night, ten o'clock it, at I'll night. I'll take it a step further. I wouldn't mind if they started at like ten thirty. To be honest. Yeah, like doing something like basically taking the um, like I, I'm obviously like with ticket sales and stuff like that. Like you'd have to kind of you know. A lot of those times are because of, you know, selling the tickets of the games. But um, just from a TV product standpoint, like, to have sort of that March Madness watching experience of, like, I get to watch a game, digest it, have it on, and then, like, all right, that's done, next one. You know, and just, like, kind of have it on constantly throughout the day is, like, in some ways to me, like, I and maybe that's just a reflection of, being way more in the NBA than a normal, I guess, sports consumer. But, like, that's that's something I like about the NFL, though, too. Like, a direct comparison of, like, oh, I just get to, like, mainline this all day. Um, was my first thought of when you mentioned Saturday events. Um, the second takeaway when you're talking about Luka, Giannis, and, like, that game last week or on Saturday... Um, the Luca or Giannis thing is kind of, yeah, can't really have that conversation yet. Um, but you could have the conversation that those are going to be the two. Those are the faces of your league moving for the post-LeBron era NBA. It is Luca Giannis are your two faces. Yeah, like if you did the GM survey, who would you want to start a franchise with? I think Giannis and Luca should be one and two, and I don't think that that is really that. Right. You, you say that I'm still bitter from them putting Carl Anthony Towns above him at one of Giannis at one point, and that's basically the stemming of all my cat hate. But um, <laughs> yes, like you're right though. I mean, as for if they pull them right now, that that should be the answer. Yeah, and I I. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not going to go down that route, but Luca third <laughs> did not to get too numbers obsessed with all of this, but he had 30, 30, 20 and 10 a couple nights ago. He had 19 assists on top of 30 points this past weekend. Yeah. Uh, it's just, um, he hasn't, he definitely has the shot-making ability like Harden does and kind of the step-back game. But he hasn't shot that well holistically this season from three. Um, and he's 21 years old. So um, well, he, that guy's never going to have the defensive upside that Giannis does. But offensively, he's just been really unbelievable to watch. Yeah, I mean, I think when you're just going to Saturday – I mean, Saturday night was uh, – like, I think for people, especially now, like, whatever their involvement, I think if anyone's really tuning into that game, like, Luca, they, everyone would have walked, would have walked away from Saturday night being like, holy crap, Luca's amazing. Um, and I think just, you know, pre bubble and currently in the bubble, it's like him in and of itself in his second year, I mean, it's, he has progressed in a way and, He's extremely impressive in his rookie year, but he's progressed in a way where we're no longer talking like, oh, this guy's going to be just a really good, solid, you know, multi-all-star. I mean, he is in what he's his body of work so far is, like, elevating at a pace where you would have to say, like, we're talking about a potential, like, all-time great player. Like, this just doesn't go from, like, oh. franchise-leading player. This is, like, Hall of Fame you know, top 25 potentially when it's all said and done trajectory of like his progression, where things are going. Um, and to see toe to toe with Giannis. Now, I mean, he'll be in the playoffs the first time in a very unusual format of, of what a playoff is, but like it's, you know, when you're looking at those stars and projections and like, it's like landing points. I mean, he is, progressing at a rate that like yeah since lebron i mean like that's the trajectory he's on right now and that's not discrediting lebron or putting too much on luca like 
but you you don't see that often. <laughs> like we don't see that with every high performing rookie. Well, so I I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, uh, or I should say my intent is not to put you on the spot, but just to help illustrate the point here. Can you think of a guy in his second se- that has had a, be- a better second season than Luca? Jo- I mean, jo- uh, I mean, there's well, Jordan. Jordan, Jordan is the only guy that I can even think of. Uh, I mean, LeBron. I mean, LeBron. <laughs> LeBron had a pretty. I mean, you're talking rare form. I mean, like I'm like literally, you just throw out a list of Hall of Famers. I mean, for a lot of it, but even. I just mean like, and it doesn't even have to be this just the second year to it. I mean, it's like even if Luca was doing no, like what 20, he's doing now in his third year, twenty nine nine and nine. I don't. LeBron's never averaged twenty. I mean, Matt. I have to. I don't know what Magic was. You know, he comparison never of, that much. But a different era. Like you can't really. I know yeah. that the stats here are not going to. They're not going to translate because the number of three-point field goals attempted in Magic's era and three-point specialists, there wasn't really, like, you're comparing apples and oranges in that sense. Like, um, what if you put Magic Johnson in the Mavericks offense, do I think that he could do something like Luka? Maybe. I, I don't know. But, like, the most Magic ever averaged in a season is just under 24 points. Um, yeah. So, I, like, that is... Yeah, like I said, I'm I'm not trying to uh, hash out yeah. every uh, sophomore season in the history of the NBA and which ones were best. But my point being, what Luca has put up this season at 21 years old has been insane. Yeah, <laughs> so. I mean that's that's really what we're. I mean, and even in this like sense of like this unique format to the league and stuff, it's still like I mean. <laughs> He's he is you know depending on what they do in the playoffs even no matter what but I I think just off of a visual consuming of the game and too it's like this dude is at a different level than most players you're seeing. The other thing that I'll say too, and this is just like a side note, but the moment that I was like, oh, this is really really fun. The moment that I felt that way again was during that. Dallas Houston game the first weekend yeah we had resumed and I know that we were talking that night too but like that you know they go to overtime Rocco has a ridiculous tip in off of a hardened miss uh to tie it at the end of the game and Houston ends up winning in overtime but they like that game in general was just it was so fun I mean the D there wasn't a lot of defense but what Luca and Harden were were able to do kind of battling back and forth that entire game and KP like Chris Saps had been looking great before, in the last couple I'll say the last couple of months leading up to the break um, but he is he has continued to look really good since Dallas has, has come back into the bubble like Dallas is not going to win the NBA championship this year even though there's more volatility in the league than maybe ever but I am this Dallas team is really interesting to me. Like their defense kind of sucks, yeah. for lack of a better word. Uh, they're allowing points like crazy, but they can score, man, and they're fun to watch. Yeah, like, um, yeah. I mean, him paired with Kristaps and everything. I mean, yeah, they're interesting. But I just think like that Saturday game, like watching it, especially him going up against Giannis. I mean. Was it was just a, an exceptional showcase of just him as a player, but just as I was watching it, just most of it, I was like, yeah, this is, could be just like I'm projecting on the next f- you know five six years after LeBron, like this is probably going to be your sort of the one two names um, that a lot of obviously you saw Harden Durant like, uh, but just saying of like where things are projecting, like, these are going to be the names that are kind of the establishment of the league going forward. I agree. Let's transition to um, the top of the Eastern and Western Conference and talk about the Lakers and Bucks a little bit here. Uh, I don't think that we've been able to get the full... I don't think we've been able to get the full picture of what to expect from either of these teams because yeah. neither are trolling out their 
starting lineups night to night. The Lakers started out on a really positive note, beating the Clippers, but then have looked very spotty since then. Last night, pulled out a win against the Nuggets, where the Nuggets clearly were not trying to win that game, and we're getting a lot of guys' minutes late in that game. And honestly, the Lakers, I was very, very surprised to see them pull it out on a Kuzma game winner there at the end. But the Lakers' offense in general has just been not great. Like, just hasn't... And I don't even mean, like, you can look up the numbers. I know that they have the lowest-rated offense in the bubble, but it just does not look good. It is not fluid. And I don't know if there's cause for concern there or not. I will say LeBron has looked better the last couple of nights, and AD and LeBron in general haven't... In the nights that both of them have played, you haven't seen both of them playing at their best, and I think you would expect to see that in the playoffs but um i'm not i I have seen nothing from the bucks that has been concerning to me the lakers make me a little nervous how do you feel about what you've seen so far pj i think it's tough i mean like taylor rooks had asked lebron after last night's game like on a scale of like one to ten ten being playoff ready like where would you rate this team and he said they're not there and I, i think it's tough because of like especially for those like the Bucks and Lakers particularly, like basically being like, all right, you have to win a couple of these games, finish, like solidify you as the number one seed for something that like doesn't actually give you that much of an advantage in this format, but like just, you know, for the sake of having it, you, you know, get that honor. Um, and then it's sort of like, all right, you have to figure stuff out and kind of, um, you know, for those teams, though, like, they're getting to use these games as more of a training camp exhibition, whereas, like, the Suns, Trailblazers, you know, can't, you know, some of these other teams are like, well, if we want to continue our season, we have to start winning immediately. Um, and I just, I, I think with this format, it's challenging to really th- say beyond that. Um, but it is, you know, something none of these guys are used to as far as, like, playing, ramping up, um, to then stopping and then you know trying to get reengaged and like this is normally their off season, um, so none of their bodies are used to that. Like lifestyle, everything around it is like not meant to kind of be playing at a peak level at this moment. Um, so I think it's difficult, but I I will like I I can't put stake on anything. Like still, I don't think LeBron's necessarily looked spectacular. Um, I think it could even be something, you know, first-round matchup-wise, depending on who they end up with. I think they'll be fine. I, I, I would say with, you know, them specifically, I wouldn't be surprised if you're looking at, like, first round where they're still figuring stuff out and they're not really clicking until the second round or if they may, you know, <laughs> they could conceivably make it to the conference finals and still be sort of, like, sorting through some of this, I guess, if that actually makes sense to anyone. I don't, yeah, I I, I think that you're going to see a lot of experimentation out of the Lakers for sure. Um, Their first-round matchup is likely going to be against one of the, I mean, who knows who it is going to be up against. Is there any of these teams that are vying for the eighth seed that I think that they would just have no problem with? If they play the Portland, that is not going to be a four-game series. Like, no way. That is going to probably go five or six, I think, and... Hell, it, it, would it, if it went seven, would that just like, would that be crazy? I I could see it happening. Like I, I don't think that there is a team in the West where I see the Lakers sweeping in four games. They just, um, they can flip the switch. But we've seen with LeBron before too. Um, you know, he's not he doesn't have a perfect track record in the playoffs and this team is missing some guys like if rondo and avery bradley were on this team and that they were looking really good and this team went seven and one or six Mm -hmm. and two or even five and three but were looking good when their guys were playing wouldn't be as concerned but i agree with you i think the first round is going to be very telling with the lakers i'm not at all worried about them not making it into the second round and frankly if you asked me to pick a team right now who I thought would make it to the finals of the Western Conference 
I think if I had to pull in money on someone, it probably would be the Lakers. But it's just, at some point, you expect to see some improvement. And we haven't seen it so far. So that that will be yeah. um, interesting to see. And the other I, thing that I would throw out with this... Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think you could even make that argument, though, for not just like the top seed, like all the way... Basically, anyone that you're looking at in a lot of contexts, like they were kind of locked in their place going into this. They really couldn't move up or down. Um, I think it's tough to project out. Like in a, in a playoff series, I just think it's different than these sort of games as well. Um, and I think a lot of that is, especially in this moment is going to be like where you see um, coaching actually making a difference one way or another of just cha- adjusting day to day. But like, I mean, even the Raptors, let's say for an example, is like not a team I. I mean, I'm I feel pretty confident in that team going into this, but like, you know, if I were to compare them to like the Thunder, like I could see the Thunder really causing a lot of teams problems and like being difficult. I could also see them losing in four games just because of where they're going to be seated and who they're going to be matched up against. Like, yeah, they could get taken out, you know, in four games just because of. Another team, you know, who because they're going to end up playing the Clippers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if if, if Kawhi and, and Paul George all like are just unstoppable, and the Clippers make twenty five threes in it, you know, every game they play, like, yeah, it doesn't matter what the Thunder do. True. Um, let's talk about where we are in the Western Conference, and what could potentially happen today, tomorrow, for the next few days, and what might happen with the eighth seed. Um, so there's definitely going to be a play-in game. Um, yeah, it, that got confirmed as of, yeah, because of the results last night. Which is awesome. Uh, so whoever's the eighth seed will only have to win one out of a best of three in order to win it. Um the nine seed will have to win two straight against the eight seed in order to make it to the playoff or like the official playoffs and play against the one seed. Um, but we have the Suns, the Clip, or excuse me, the Suns, the Blazers, uh, and the Spurs that are really vying after this last the the nine seed to go up against. Um, who's locked into the eight seed? PJ, I'm blanking on this. The Grizzlies? Grizzlies currently, but they lost tonight. Um, so it's really the 8 and 9 seed are both kind of up for grabs. Um, but going into today, Memphis was looking to clinch, but needed losses to Phoenix and San Antonio, who both won. Portland uh, needs to win and needed a loss from Phoenix and San Antonio, who both won. Phoenix. Uh, was going to be eliminated with a loss and Portland win. Phoenix won. San Antonio, if they lost, and either Portland or Fe- or was eliminated with a loss, and if either Portland or Phoenix won, they won. So it's going to go into the last couple days of the bubble here to see who ends up making it. Um, I think all of these have a fun storyline attached to them. Memphis, a bit of a bummer because... If they had Jaron Jackson healthy and were looking good going into the playoffs, I think yeah. everyone would be really excited about them. Uh, it's a, the Pelicans, just really quick. I, I don't want to focus on them too much. They, But they they were the team that I think most people were excited about going into the bubble to see what would happen <laughs> with them. And, man, were they just – they fell flat. And, and the Phoenix Suns have done everything that people were hoping the – Pelicans would do. Yeah, I mean, it is the most bizarre thing that I've seen watching the NBA in a hot minute. It, uh, the Pelicans. They oh, are no, the be, Thunder are the fifth seed. Oh shit! My bad. Um, the, I mean, they're all there's a bunch. I mean, there's the Thunder, Jazz, and Mavericks are all bundled there from five, six, and seven. But the Thunder, as of right now, uh, the. The Pelicans are going to be an intriguing team to see what the heck they do this offseason with Brandon Ingram, with an extension-eligible Lonzo Ball. Um, Lonzo was bad in the bubble. He was not good. Uh, 
and Zion, while that's he's not a question mark, um, it's just how, what are you going to do to maximize uh, the team outside of Zion and hoping that he is healthy going into next season um, because he still had spurts in the bubble where Zion was super fun to watch. We just didn't get to see as much of him as I think people wanted to. So anyway, any any comments on the Pelicans, Peach? I mean, they were in a tough spot because, yeah, I mean, obviously you'd want to see them push better and stuff. But, I mean, how they, they were kind of carrying on managing Zion, how they did before the season was canceled. I mean, um, not trying to, you know, risk long-term effects to, you know, make the playoffs in the system. So, and I think it's, for them specifically, I think, you know, not playing with him a lot in the regulars, I think it was very tough for them from a chemistry standpoint. And you even saw that with, you know, Brandon Ingram, Drew Holiday, whatever. I mean, I think these guys in this, like, short turnaround to start back up, like, defaulted to things they knew would work and was natural. And, like, Zion didn't really have those reps with those guys. Um, um, but I think we were just looking at some of this just, like, uh, if they're just kind of playing pickup, kind of that style, that team's set up really well for that. Um, and maybe it, you know, for the first couple games of this, sure, but, like, I will say it's been clear to me, like, after about a week of this, like, some of these teams that have you know, cores that are established and played well together, like, are sort of setting themselves apart in a lot of ways. Right. But getting to the teams that still got a shot here, um, let's just – let's start with the Suns. Um because you've already mentioned them already and how they kind of reprised the, they took over the role that we were expecting to see out of the Pelicans. Uh, what a bizarre team. Um, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me why it's working. I don't, they, after their win today, they are seven or no, they have won all of their games in the bubble. And I'm honestly a little speechless. Uh, Devin Booker has been playing out of his mind. He has not shot as well from three, but he's been a great playmaker for them outside of really solid scoring. Um, I mean, his defense has been like actually improved as well. His, like I mean, his his shot to beat the Clippers was insane. I mean, I and a quick sidebar: Paul George has been getting dragged a little bit, and I think rightfully so for talking some smack towards Dame. I will say. The game winners that are hit on Paul George, he must be like, this is, you know, what can I do to get a stop at the end of a game? Because the defense that he played against Dame Lillard in the playoffs last year prior to being eliminated, and then against Devin Booker, like, I don't really know what else you can do. Devin Booker literally had to, like, alter his shot to, like, up his release to be even higher above his head in order to get that shot off and still made it in one. But... So anyway, I, I'd sympathize with Paul George. But what have you thought about the Suns run, and uh, do you think that they're going to ultimately get the the nine seed? Uh, I mean, that's tough. I mean, I, I think it'd be, it'd be really fun if we could get um, – I, I think at this point, like if teams of the bubble, I mean, it'd be great just to watch some Blazers, Suns, which I didn't think I would say at the beginning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, like, I mean, unfortunately, Grizzlies injury-wise are kind of faded. Like, I, I do kind of wish, like, bubble, there was one thing of the bubble, like, you could have just pressed an I'm out button. Like, the Sixers in some ways just be sort of like, granted, we don't really need to watch any more Wizards basketball, but, like, the Sixers are sort of like, yeah, we're done. Like, the I feel like the Grizzlies just need to tap out um, and, like, kind of just be like, all right. We're, uh, we gotta move on. Um, like, we're, it's just, this isn't working out for us. But, like, the Suns, Trailblazers, I mean, like, yeah, they're on the up. Let's go. Like, let's, let's have more of them. Yeah, uh, Blazers, Suns series, I think, would be the most enjoyable based on the teams that are left. Something tells me that somehow the Spurs are gonna get in it. I don't really know how. Um, but that they are gonna ultimately end up making the playoffs and be, the eight seed or the team that goes up against the Lakers, but 
I um I do agree with you that I mean the Suns have been playing good basketball. I mean the the surprising thing from them is like even if if you were expecting Booker to be solid, you've seen really good shooting out of Rubio and good playmaking out of him, which is what you'd expect. But then um Dario Saric has stepped up for them. Uh, I was joking with you before we recorded, yeah. but campaign <laughs> has been kind of good. Like I was looking up yesterday, and I think in the in his minutes in the bubble, uh, I wanted to say that his plus minus, which is not a perfect stat, but I think his plus minus was like plus one hundred and sixty in like less than one hundred and fifty minutes, and it just doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Nah, like I, he's whatever. He's playing to like try to get on the team next year. Uh, anyone, if campaign gets paid at all based on this performance, I will immediately make fun of that team for the next five years, whoever that team is. Um, and he, but he is definitely on the list of kind of before this bubble start. I was like, there are going to be guys that play well and are going to get some looks just based off bubble performance. I don't know if campaigns to be one of those guys, but like there's certainly a few other dudes, like Gary Trent's of the world, the, um, you know, if TJ Warren was in a contract season, TJ Warren might be get a max contract next off season based on how he's playing. Um, teams might be ready to build their franchise around TJ Warren. Luckily the Pacers have him under, contract for a few more years don't have to worry about that but like um no i mean the suns are uh are wild i mean it's like it's i mean i think you see this though from a lot of teams and like younger teams and it's kind of like as a bulls fan like one aspect of i wish the bulls were a part of this is maybe to see some of those younger guys have a chance progress get those reps um, but it's, it's super clear the Suns were working in this time off, getting better, and um, they figured something out right now, at least. No, they've uh, they've been consistently good since the bubble. Obviously, um, I'm excited to see what they do going into the playoffs and if they can compete. The I was I was a to- I was not one iota bought into them until they beat the Clippers. The Clippers, they had both. They had their full team going uh, minus uh, Trez. I mean, they they had Paul George and Kawhi to throw a Booker, and they still found a way to win by it, even though it was uh, at the buzzer. But they've they've been impressive. It's been fun to watch them. Um, let's talk about Dame and, and Portland. Speaking of the Clippers and that whole feud, uh, I the game. The game on Saturday, Portland versus LA. I was really expecting the for Portland to pull that out with Kawhi being on rest, Kawhi wearing the most ridiculous mask I've seen someone wear. I, I don't really get it. Uh, if you can explain that one to me, PJ, I would appreciate that. But I, I don't I don't have an explanation for that one, sir. Um. Anyway, uh, the but. Dame was very, he was uncharacteristically unclutch at the end of the game. Yeah. With two missed free throws and then a chance to tie it with a three. And I'm not going to knock him too hard on that because missed three pointers happen. But a guy that shoots 80, 85% plus from the free throw line that bricks two free throws at the end of the game, not great. Um, but then he, then again, Dame has with, uh, you know, four-ish minutes into the second half as 34 tonight. He had 50-plus after the L.A., the next game after the Clippers. He has been unbelievable in the bubble um, outside of that small stretch, but he was getting ripped by uh, Marcus Morris and Pat Bev and uh, some shade thrown at him by, by Paul George. And um, he clapped back. So I, I yeah, I've, I've I mean, Dame. yeah, I mean, what I like about Dame is that he will talk shit. He will um, back He'll back it up when he takes his like he will he won't like hide or make excuses when he like 
comes up short, someone else gets the better of him. But like, he like what he said. I mean, he's he's taken franchises out. He's made huge shots, knocked teams out of the playoffs before. Puts up numbers when he talks crap. Like, I like yeah. I have a ton of respect for Dame, and like I, I think there's something about like if you're gonna do that, and that's like kind of your personality, and that helps fuel you kind of have to, you know, if I'm going to dish it out, i got to be able to take it, and I think Damian Lillard does that, like, better than the most, and Paul George might be one of the worst examples of that, like, it's, you, if you're going to get in that business, like, you have to know, you know, either side, you're going to have your ups, and you're kind of run the risk every once in a while, someone's going to the better of you, and, like, we'll get their kind of jokes off their lines off on you. Yep. But that uh, the other fun surprises from Portland to get off Dame for a second. Um, Nurkic has been Nurkic coming back from injury. I mean, it's been awesome to see. He was a triple double short in that game against the Clippers. He has been a double double machine, looking like his old self, which is shocking given the injury. And then uh, Gary Trent is the other is the other talking point with that team. They have been. That guy has been money. Uh, I don't know if he's averaging twenty plus, but he's got to be close. He's been, been, he's been, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, Gary Trent's been like, yeah, the NBA Twitter darling, I guess, if you want to say that of some of this. I mean, there's been some dudes, uh, role player wise, which I, I think we all kind of sort of expected, and I think we'll continue in the playoffs. Of just like those type of guys are going to. Um, be able to come out here and like perform well just because there's you've stripped down a lot of the other extra like you know distractions factors in these games it's just about playing basketball in most of the sense and I think guys are getting comfortable with this sort of flow of things the pace of games you know everything and I think um, you know it's going to be different but I don't think the kind of the excuses or some of those variables that maybe we've been used to in normal playoffs are going to exist. And I think it's going to show very true for a lot of guys of just like what kind of player they're the type of person, like how they're wired. Um, let's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm still don't, I still don't buy them. I think Charles Barkley picked the Blazers to win. Uh, the like it made to the NBA championship. I'm not buying that. I'm not drinking that Kool Aid just yet. But um, I do, like I said before, very much so wish that they are one of the two teams that are vying for the for the playoff spot against the one seed. A Lakers Blazers first round series would be fun. Um, so I hope that happens. But it was announced today that there is going to be an all bubble team including a bubble MVP. Uh, the phrasing, I might be I might have that slightly wrong, but I, whatever. Since they returned to Orlando, they're going to set like an all-bubble team, all or an, an MVP of the bubble. So, PJ, who do you have on your all-bubble team, and who do you have winning MVP? All right, well, bubble MVP, I'm going to give the Dame to start. Okay. Based on everything, if Dame can get their team, I think if you're going all bubble team, so Dame would obviously be on that team. Um, I'm going to give the other spot to Devin Booker um, for my two guards. For forwards, it's going to have to be TJ Warren and um, I'm going to just throw Giannis in because no, I don't think I can. I don't think I can actually. Do I, well, do I, can I make Luca a forward, or does he have to be a guard? He can be a forward. Sorry, right, then we'll go TJ Warren, Luca, center. I will go with. Uh, I'll still feel like I should. I should give it to um, Anthony Davis. Uh, I had the same same lineup, but I had Jokic at the center. Oh, Jokic is yeah. Jokic is a good. Jokic's game on Saturday was wild. Uh, I should probably change that. As far as just like basically making the team off of like moments and stuff, 
Jokic in that overtime was pretty spectacular. Yeah, I think Jokic should probably be in it. I'm gonna I'm gonna make the pivot. We can have consensus on that. That was oversight on my part. Sorry, Deuce. AD has had some monster games, um, but he's also sat one or two and was very underwhelming against the Pacers, which is not a team that he should be underwhelming against. Um, So given, I mean, this is a small sample size, but Jokic in his limited minutes, I think has been, he's looked awesome. I mean, people were expecting for him to play at Jokic levels of basketball, um, and maybe even a little better given how his physique has looked going into the bubble. Uh, he's been awesome. The, the Nuggets in general, like, I, um, their loss last night is just so impressive to me. They had nine guys in double figures. They played ten guys 20-plus minutes, and they it took a buzzer beater by the Lakers and pl- AD and LeBron playing 35-plus minutes to win that game. Like, that is it's pretty good. I would be very optimistic about the Nuggets if you can. I mean, I think that you'd be feeling better if you had Gary Harris, you had Will Barton back. I still don't really – I haven't dug into what the hell is going on with their injuries. Uh, it's weird to me that that is happening. But um, the Nuggets are going to be an interesting team to watch because they've been impressive. And one other thing that I want to mention before we call it a day here there is something about the buzz, the bubble that is like it is making the ability for random dudes to be able to have ridiculous games it is like increasing the likelihood that that can happen Austin Rivers had 40 points the other night TJ Warren has put up 30 plus multiple times dropped a 50 burger in the first game back like I don't understand what is going on but it seems like the normal NBA guy is more likely to have a huge game in the bubble than during normal NBA basketball. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're <laughs> kind of right. I mean, I, like, you had the first game back, we had Trey Burke hitting, I don't know, seven, eight threes. Uh, like, you just got, you, we already talked about campaign. Campaign is a competent bench player for the Suns and was a key reason why they were able to come back and beat the Clippers when they did. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, there's just some weird stuff going on. And like the Clippers had no business coming back to making it a game. Um, the other night when Embiid got hurt, uh, and Josh Richardson ended up dropping close to 35 points. Like, I, it's just, it's weird times, but I, I, like I said at the beginning of this, and it's a good way to bookend this pod, it is really fun to have the NBA back. It's been very, very fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I kind of was like, you know, eight games towards the end of like last week, I was like, "Eh, is this too many? Like, it's kind of all solidified. Um, I do think how the Suns have been playing, how the Blazers, like this emergence, like kind of, for the NBA to be able to capture a little bit of this March Madness feel with some of this, I think has been really cool, um, and I'm sinking into it more a little bit. But in some ways, I just I'm really just wanting it to get to the kind of lose any of that exhibition feel and just like to see how much of this can actually feel like normal NBA playoffs. The playoffs are going to be telling what the atmosphere is like without fans and just in general how these teams react um, in a significantly more impactful and uh, significant circumstance is going to be weird um, but I'm I'm optimistic that we're going to see similar playoff quality basketball because we saw a better, I mean you remove the crappy teams out of the regular season the regular season is awesome um, I'm optimistic that we'll see at least a we'll at least see a playoff version of the NBA where it is competent and com- comparable to what we have seen. And yeah, what we what we expect to see out of NBA playoff basketball. And I just yeah, I, I, it's like like you said, it's, some of it's like the expectations of this. I have trouble like projecting out with some of this, but 
Um, I feel like, you know, once, <laughs> at least once we get in the playoffs, like I, I understand or like kind of have a, a reference point of like what I would expect of teams and how they look or just like how they're handling it versus these singular sample sizes of these random kind of matchups that we're just doing to kind of finish things out and get people ready for the playoffs. Well, a um, couple games left, and then a week from now we'll be talking about playoffs. The 17th is when the first round starts. So, Let's go, Dame Dollar. Let's go, baby. But, PJ, uh, it's been fun, man. I will uh, – I uh, am excited to talk about the first round matchups when we uh, when we have our next episode here, brother. Yes, sir. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Check us out at thepointforward at gmail.com. Rate, review on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Appreciate the support. We will talk to all of you next week. Stay safe and wear masks, people. Don't ever look back on the world closing in Be on the attack